Welcome to Conversations at the Schoolhouse Gate, the podcast of the Scholastic Press Rights Committee of the Journalism Education Association. My name is Deanna Day. I am a member of the SPRC and a teacher at Morristown Friends School in Morristown, New Jersey, where I co-advise the student newspaper Wordsworth. In this episode, we talk with Danielle Dietrich, the coordinator of Student Press Freedom Day. Danielle is the digital strategist at the Student Press Law Center. She talked with us about the origin of Student Press Freedom Day, current threats to student press rights, and what you can do to help. Hello, Danielle Dietrich from the Student Press Law Center, and welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited. This is actually my first ever podcast appearance. So this is our fifth Student Press Freedom Day, uh, but we actually have like a precursor and that was my very first year. So I was still pretty new at the time. Uh, and we did something called Hazelwood Day of Action, which was because it was 2018. It was the anniversary, the 30th anniversary of the Hazelwood decision, the Supreme Court decision. And we were like, we should do something because this is a huge milestone. This is obviously a decision that is continuing to affect student journalists and um, and honestly resulting in a lot of the calls that we deal with on our legal hotline. And this is the root of much of the censorship that student journalists are still dealing with today. So, so we decided to do something to mark the anniversary. Uh, it was, you know, a fairly small effort because it was our first time doing something, but we did a series of Facebook lives, which was very of the era. <laughs> um, but hey, it was 2018 and now people were still on Facebook. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we had a series of Facebook lives, including one with Kathy herself, Kathy Kohlmeier, uh, who is excellent and who we stay in touch with and is continuing to play a role in Student Press Freedom Day, which we're very grateful for. Uh, so that was sort of my first touch with this online programming and and sort of the precursor for Student Press Freedom Day, I would say. Uh, so that was 2018. And then in 2019, uh, my boss, our executive director, Hadar Harris, she had met with Jean Polzinski from the Freedom Forum and at the time the museum, who's great. Uh, and very invested in like youth voices and making sure young people understand their First Amendment rights. So they had this meeting and Hadar does her thing, which she's amazing at, of being like, we've got big ideas, like let's do something awesome. Uh, and Jean doubled up down on that and was like, let's do something awesome. And so they came up with this idea and it truly became like written on the back of an envelope at that dinner. And it was like, okay, let's make it the year of the student journalist and let's launch it with Student Press Freedom Day. And so we did. <laughs> so I think we had like six weeks to plan. It was a very, very quick turnaround. Uh, and thankfully they were excellent partners. Uh, and basically the museum, which still had their physical location at the time, was like right on Constitution Avenue. And they were like, here's a fun idea. We'll have student publications on display outside of the building. Cause they, if you had ever been, um, they used to do this thing where they would keep the front pages of all of these different papers from, you know, different cities around the world. And then also one from each state. And it was like the daily paper and they were beautiful. Uh, and anyone who was sort of like a news geek just thought it was like a delight to see. <laughs> and so, um, 
it was really generous of them. They offered up some places for students. And so throughout the entire year, they featured student work outside of this beautiful building that has the First Amendment giant on its face right on Constitution Avenue in the nation's capital. And it was just like a very big deal, especially to the students who got to see uh, their front pages and who sent them in some students, you know, from all across the country. Some of them weren't even able to like make it in person, but they got to like see pictures of it and know that their work uh, was featured in that way. So very, very cool. Um, and we did a couple more things because like I said, it was the year of the student journalist. Um, but part of what we learned from that first crack at it was like, it is very hard to sustain a year's worth of programming, especially as a small nonprofit. And also it's tough for people to know how to plug in when it is a year. A year's a really long time. And so we had some people who like wanted to get involved, but were kind of unclear about how. And so part of what we learned was like, okay, let's let's focus more on Student Press Freedom Day, make that annual. Every year it's just like sort of shocking how how much it's grown. Uh, this year we have more than 30 organizational partners, which is incredible, um, including, like I said, we're so grateful to have the continued support of some of our like really early partnerships. Um, and the we've able to sort of shift into being a lot more strategic and and focusing more on the actual like outcomes of the day. So you mentioned threats to student press rights. Um, mm. What are some recent trends that you're seeing? Yes, definitely. So there's the you know long lasting consistent ones. Censorship is always a problem. When I talk about censorship. Um, that presents in many different ways. That can be, uh, you know, principles requiring prior review, also stalling on prior review, saying, hey, we need to be able to read and approve things before they go out, and then taking a long, long time to do that so the story is not relevant anymore. Uh, we have, there's definitely a trend where students are being told they can't speak with certain people and they have to always go through the PR person. Um, and that's true of both high school and college increasingly. It's also always been true of sports, especially uh, college sports. Um, it's very difficult oftentimes for student journalists to get access to interview athletes. Um, so, you know, it's hard to do quality reporting if they won't let you talk to people. Uh, things like records, which I mentioned, you know, overcharging for records, stalling for records, uh, seems old school, but you'd be shocked. There are still people who try to censor by just like throwing away all of the newspapers that are printed out, like going and collecting all of them and throwing them away, um, which is wild <laughs> to me um, that that's still happening, but it does still pop up. Um, and it is a form of censorship. It is trying to prevent people from seeing your work, and it also can be considered theft, um, even if your paper is free, because it is a service that is meant to be provided to people. So let me also, at this point, pause and say, if you're dealing with any of this kind of stuff, uh, come to the Student Press Law Center's legal hotline. We have attorneys who, this is their thing. This is the only thing that they work on. They are the top experts in the country. Um, they deal with this kind of stuff literally every day. 
um, and they're going to be able to help you out. So um, contact the hotline. It is at splc.org slash legal help. You can also just find it by going to splc.org. We have like all throughout the site <laughs> links to it. So it's pretty easy to see. Um, but again, our attorneys are also really nice and friendly. So don't be intimidated. Um, whether you're dealing with like a censorship threat or just have a legal question, they can help you out. So, so those are sort of like long-term, like that's what's always happening, right? None of that is new. Um, that's every, everything since Hazelwood, right? Um, and then there's the new stuff. Anyone who's been paying attention to the news knows that there are all of these laws suddenly being passed that are really having major consequences. And often we're still trying to flounder and even figure out how they will affect uh, student speech and advisor speech in schools. So things like the parental rights and education law, uh, commonly known as don't say gay bill out in Florida, things like CRT bans, um, any of these laws that are really, uh, we call them like divisive concepts laws, uh, but there's a ton of these that are being passed, that are being at least introduced in different state houses. Um, and frankly, it's getting really complicated and confusing, especially for students. One of the things that we're finding is that a lot of students are prone to self-censorship because they don't know what they're allowed to say. So when I say self-censorship, I mean, these are students who maybe have an idea for a story they really want to report on. Maybe it's covering an incident that happened on campus that maybe there was like racist graffiti or something and they feel like they need to cover it because it's newsworthy. And maybe they decide not to because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble for it. That would be an example of self-censorship. Um, we see students talk about this all the time because, you know, maybe they're worried about parents blowing back on them. And if you've seen any of these videos of like school board meetings where communities are just up in arms and furious, you can understand why it's intimidating for a young person. Um, so it could be from, like I said, parents, it could be from their administrators, um, maybe they're worried about saying something controversial and alienating their peers on campus. There are a ton of different reasons why a student might choose to not go forward with a story, and some of them are totally understandable. Sometimes there are questions about, you know, the ethics of it, or if it's newsworthy. There are valid reasons to not go forward with a story. Um, but we're increasingly aware of and concerned by the sort of per pervasive threat of self-censorship because students shouldn't, especially in journalism programs, when we talk about how much value there is to it, right? This is civics education. This is encouraging curiosity and young people. This is encouraging students to ask questions and to challenge authority. And you can't do that if you are constantly terrified of saying something wrong and having, you know, your budget cut or your advisor fired or being called in to your principal's office and berated on the weekly until you give up. And what happens, unfortunately, is if someone is in a situation where, especially if they've been self, excuse me, if they've been censored, 
um, that can be an awful thing to go through as a young person and you may not try it again. So that's sort of the other form of self-censorship we see is you really tried, you went forward, you wrote the story, you published the video, you did whatever um, sort of brave reporting and then you had to deal with this like awful outpouring, whether, like I said, whoever that's coming from, often from an authority figure though. And then maybe you don't do it again because maybe that was enough and that's all that you can do. Um, but that's that's silencing a student voice, right? And, and we hate to see that because these are students who can do everything right and still end up just feeling like, I can't <laughs> do that again. I can't go through it again. Uh, which is is obviously just horrible to see in such a young person. So that's kind of, I would say, some of the top-level trends that we're seeing. I will flag, um, there's a lot of confusion also about chosen names and chosen pronouns at the moment. Uh, SPLC just developed and just released a guide that does break down a lot of the law, as well as just some additional resources like ethical codes, best practices, and and some of that other not, we recognize not every decision is a strictly legal decision. Uh, so we try to provide some of that context as well. Uh, but we, part of why we did that was because we've had a ton of questions from students to the hotline and, and in workshops and other spaces where we connect with students about what they're allowed to say, how they're allowed to you know, even within their own bylines, if they're allowed to use their own byline as a chosen name. So we'll definitely highlight that resource. Again, you can find that on our website, splc.org. I was thinking of that because specifically that's a major concern for yearbook students. This is the time, right? This is, we're very quickly about to get into yearbook season. Um, and of course, we hope to not see an uptick in censorship of yearbooks, but we sort of expect it. Again, if this happens to you, contact SPLC's hotline. We are here to help. Um, we very much are, are looking to help yearbook students and yearbook advisors as well. You are journalists. The work that you're doing is journalism and it's very important. Last year, we had a few incidents, um, including some that got quite a bit of media attention about yearbook censorship. So I, I anticipate that will likely be a, a big one in the next couple months as well. What can people do to help? Oh, I love that question. Um, there are many ways that you can help. I would say, so uh, our theme for Student Press Freedom Day this year is uh, brave, excuse me, bold journalism and brave advocacy, um, which I always start with the brave because I get overexcited. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> they are equally important. Uh, and part of why we did that is again, this idea of self-censorship, right? We wanted to encourage you to like be bold, be brave, go out there and do the damn thing. Uh, and you, we're seeing students do it, which is so impressive and amazing. And we're so proud to see it. Uh, and so, you know, this is a day for that community building, for that uh, confidence building. And we hope that you can come into it and feel that inspiration and that support. So one of the best things you can do is do good journalism, as my old advisor used to say. Uh, it was always his mantra. Shout out to Carl. Having strong journalism is truly the core of all of this. It's why we do all of the work that we do. It's also our best case when we are going to do advocacy work and trying to convince lawmakers to protect student journalists. 
because we can point to the great work and say, this is important. We want this in the world. This is something that you should be um, protecting. So that's the first part of it, right? Keep doing your job. Keep doing great journalism. You know, if you're feeling intimidated, like use this community and use this chance to really um, build up your confidence and, and get back out there. Uh, and then also advocacy is the other half of it, right? So part of, you know, you have to have good journalism, but also things only get better if we advocate for change. So uh, I have to talk about new voices, which is, of course, again, a core part of why we do Student Press Freedom Day, which is in support of what's called the New Voices Movement, which is a, a movement to pass state-based legislation to protect student press freedom. These are state laws that are going to protect student journalists and hopefully advisors. It depends on the law. It depends on the bill. Um, but we always try to protect uh, or to include advisor protections as well. Um, and these are essentially restoring the Tinker Standard, which again is sort of where the name of this podcast comes from. And so I assume you folks kind of have the, the in on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're not asking for special treatment. We are asking to have student journalists have the same rights as their peers, which Hazelwood really did strip away and, and remove some of those First Amendment protections for student journalists specifically. So we're trying to restore that. So, you know, you pass a state law and then suddenly your school board or your principal cannot create a school rule or a student media policy that allows for censorship and that is actively harming student journalism and student press freedom. The best way to get involved with that is to go to our website, splc.org slash new voices. Uh, you'll see all kinds of information, including like, what's the situation in your state? There are states that have these protections already. We have 16 states that do protect student press freedom in some capacity. Some of them have stronger protections than others. And also it's good to know that even if you're in a state that does have legal protections, maybe your school is out of compliance. Um, not every administrator actually knows about these laws. And so that can be, I mean, honestly, a great situation in some ways because you suddenly have a very strong reason why they cannot do the thing they're trying to do to you. So definitely encourage you to check that out, learn more about what the situation in your state is, and also that will give you some information for how you can get involved if you if you care about this a lot and you want to take more steps. Well, Danielle, thank you so, so much for your time. You've been so generous. And, um, and thank you to you and everyone at the Student Press Law Center for all you do to protect our very important student press rights. Oh, thank you so much. I really, again, appreciate you having me here. JA, SPRC have been, you know, constant supporters, like, can't even express how important of allies you folks are to us. Uh, and we're, we're so glad to get to work with you. Thanks again, Danielle. Remember, Student Press Freedom Day is Thursday, February 23rd. Check out studentpressfreedom.org for a calendar of events, resources, and information about how to get involved. Thanks again to our guest, Danielle Dietrich. You can reach us at sprc at jea.org with the subject line podcast or tweet us at jea press rights. 
so you don't miss out on future episodes, please subscribe to this podcast through any of the many podcast applications available for your computer or phone. The Scholastic Press Rights Committee is chaired by Kristen Taylor, and JEA's president is Sarah Nichols. You can find us online at jeasprc.org. Thank you for listening, and remember, student voices matter.